0: The border regions Regents can't make up their mind. So if Fred McNair isn't going to be the Texas Southern head coach, then who is? I got three candidates who could potentially fill that void. Oh, yeah, it's Locked On HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked On HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for going on this journey with me. Make a locked on HBCU, your first listen of the day every day. And remember, just because the mic cuts off does not mean that the journey is over. It just means it's time to follow me on Twitter at South Exclusive. Starts with an S and ends with an S. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and get $20 off your first purchase. At the end of today's episode, we'll look at the celebration viewership. Is it a big deal that the number dropped to 1.5 million? And I know that sounds like a high number, but we'll get into why it's even a conversation at the end of the show. Prior to that, there's a unique twist on the Legacy Bowl coaching staff, and it has a lot to do with Willie Simmons and Shannon's Berry. But prior to that, if we're speaking coaches, There's no bigger coaching story right now, and this might be the biggest story this side of the Celebration Bowl period, to be honest, and that's Fred McNair to Texas Southern. What we thought was a foregone conclusion, actually, let me back it up a little bit. What we heard is whispers, what we kind of dismissed, and then what we realized was a real possibility. Then we believe was a foregone conclusion, especially when Alcorn announced that They had parted ways. Those two, they just couldn't come to a mutual agreement for an extension. And Alcorn named a new head coach. Now Fred McNair is without a job. We all assumed it was going to be TSU. And we assumed correctly. But the Board of Regents, they can't settle on, I believe it's pay. I've heard a couple of things, whether it be pay, whether it's him specifically. I've heard different things, right? But overall... The TSU Board of Regents who have to ratify this contract, have to approve McNair, have not done it. And there's a couple of people who are hesitant. I think that as, as time goes on, as we get farther and farther away, there's supposed to be another meeting soon. And if it doesn't get solved, this meeting, it becomes, I'm not going to say clear, but I think that the the... Possibility, what's just like? The likelihood, you know, when you're talking about playoffs, it'd be like if with a win, it goes this way, with a loss, it goes this way. If we go to the next board meeting and it's not decided that Fred McNair is the guy and we're still up in the air, I think the likelihood begins to kind of lean the other direction and say he's not going to be the coach. But even right now, as we sit here today on this feature Friday, this feels like a real possibility. So if it's not Fred McNair, Then who, if it's not McNair, who are the other options? And I'll start with the player or excuse me, a coach who I believe is a long shot. But I also called McNair that. So because I called McNair a long shot, when we first broke down three people, I'm going to go ahead and label him a long shot, but I'm going to include him. And that guy is Mike Minter. Now, this is the head coach or former head coach, excuse me, of Campbell. And he resigned to look at other ventures. A lot of people, at least me, believe that those other ventures would be FBS. But the reason I'm hesitant to believe that is because if he were going to try his hand at the FBS, I would assume he would have already had a deal in place. I would assume that he never would have resigned. He just would have said, or he wouldn't have resigned with nothing on the table, clearly. Like, how I want to say this if FBS was an option that he was trying to go, I feel like he would have already had a job. Before he resigned, so we would have heard those things simultaneously. If not heard that he got a new job before even hearing about him leaving Campbell, that's how I want to phrase that. Because that didn't happen, part of me feels like he might just want a different adventure, and that's what this will be. And listen, coaching at an at an HBCU after coaching at an a different FCS school as a head coach, and you're choosing to do this right now. You got fired. Now you got to do. This is bigger than football because there are certain challenges that come with working at TSU, working at a majority of HBCU. There's certain challenges, and they all speak on it, but it's about embracing those challenges and then kind of returning the same energy back in order to help grow your sport, grow your school, grow your team, all of those things, right? Let's see if my mentor's ready for that. I would love to have you at TSU. Just to be very clear, I would have mentor and McNair like right? if, if I could get either one of those, I'm good. But now we get to the other two. And that first person – oh, sorry. Let me back up. You also could get Haj Malik Williams a quarterback if you get Mentor, who recently put out a tweet when Mentor resigned that he's the whole reason he came to Campbell. And right now, Williams is in the transfer portal. I do believe he's going to go group of five. I think he's going to go to a group of five school, to be honest. But if he doesn't and he comes to TSU – now you're changing the game and you probably have the best quarterback in the swag and maybe the best quarterback in black college football to be honest so that'll be a whole different ball game and that's why these things get me excited but then let's get to the other two andre johnson andre johnson is interested in the Texas southern head coaching job and i'm interested in why right because i've never heard of him in any coaching history right i looked it up I went to Google i did my google's and they couldn't find anything with his coaching history. I think that people have been inspired by Deion Sanders to think that this is just going to come in. It's going to be easy. I've said it before. Andre Johnson for the city of Houston, huge deal, a huge deal. I would love for him to want to come in and be a wide receiver coach. But I see these people who I know who are inspired by Deion Sanders And they're not the same. I feel the need to draw a line in between what Deion Sanders is and Eddie George is, right? Eddie George is a former player who had no interest in coaching and got pulled into that position. He really had no experience. That's Andre Johnson. Deion Sanders coached high school football. People might not feel like that's valid, but that's a real thing. I've seen high school coaches go from high school to college. No, they don't accelerate and elevate as fast as Deion Sanders does. But let's be real, a lot of his elevation comes to the, comes from the fact that he's Deion Sanders. The speed of it, I should say. It's just the speed of it. A lot of people aren't coming to Jackson State having two great years and then at Colorado, a Power 5 school. That's not happening. But because you're Deion Sanders, certain things just move different because he has a certain level of cachet as an individual without putting on those school colors, whatever school that it is, Right. But Dion coached at a high school level. So he does have coaching experience. Let's kind of, I I don't bring that up because there's no need to, but he does have coaching experience prior to Jackson State. So to say that he doesn't wouldn't be true. You should just say he has no collegiate coaching experience because that would be true. And that kind of brings me to my next person, and that's Ed Reed. Y'all know I like Ed, man. I like Ed. I was kind of upset with Ed when everything with Badun-Cookman was going on. I didn't think he handled it the right way. And I think some of my frustration because I like Ed so much, right? It's one of my favorite players. And I will never be quiet about that. And I'll never hide that. Ed's more like Deion. That's another guy. They try to say he has no coaching experience. Ed Reed, and I don't bring this up because that's not the reason I want him to be a coach, but to say he has no coaching experience, once again, would be incorrect. Ed Reed was an assistant defensive back coach with the Buffalo Bills for a season, and he also worked as the chief of staff with the University of Miami. I'm not saying he has a ton of coaching experience. I'm not saying that his coaching resume is deserving of a head coach spot. But I do believe when we start seeing more players who just say we want to coach and come to this HBCU level, we need to start drawing a line. You know, like I'm a little bit young for this, but I heard there's Shawn Michaels guys and there's Bret Hart guys, right? Like there's two different style of wrestlers. And if we're talking about NFL to coaching pipeline, especially on the HBCU level, there's Deion Sanders who have minimal coaching experience and there's Eddie George who doesn't have any coaching experience and I don't say that to disrespect George he didn't even want that job he didn't come seeking that out they came seeking him out you cannot disrespect George for that but it's just the fact of coaching experience two different type of people that's that's how I look at it but overall this wasn't meant to be a whole separation you have Mike Mintu I'll be very excited with excuse me, very excited about. If I got Mike Minter at Texas Southern, I'd be pretty excited. Then you look at Andre Johnson, who this is just weird. I think it would be great for recruiting, especially within the city of Houston. He's a legend. I think that he would probably, you know, recruit a lot of high-level talent, specifically at the wide receiver spot. And if Quay Davis, who I don't think has entered the transfer portal and should have more eligibility, he would probably benefit a lot from that. But just going to be a wide receiver coach. And then Ed Reed, I'm not complaining. He's not my top two. I'll be very clear. He's not, he's not McNair. He's not mentor. I want a sure thing. I want a real experienced coach to come in at Texas Southern. I don't have time for experiments because I've seen bad for too stinking long. But these are the three people who have either thrown their name into the hat or I'm throwing their name into the hat. But at the next meeting, hopefully we just get some sort of resolution. And hopefully that resolution is Fred McNair when I'm looking at the people who are currently on the table. But as we move forward, let's not stop with the coaching talk. Let's not be let's not be finished with that. Let's look at the Legacy Bowl because the Legacy Bowl coaching staff has an interesting twist on it that we haven't seen over the last 2 years. As we continue rolling on today's episode of Locked on HBCU, today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. And right before I hopped on here, I checked the Game Time app, right? Let's look at it again so I can make sure I get the right numbers. I know a lot of HBCUs have fan bases or alumni bases out in Dallas. So the Mavericks versus the Spurs on tonight, 7 30 $53. The Lions at the Cowboys next Saturday You're going to have $94 like these are the Cotton Bowl Classic, right? $78. Nicki Minaj, $99. So you have sporting events, pro, collegiate, concerts, right? You can have, let's see. No, that's another concert. Oh, here goes a play. Les Miserables. I messed that up, but don't worry. I know Hugh Jackman was in it. Shout out Wolverine. $63 on next Thursday. So there's a multitude of different events that you could have on game time. And I just read a couple of them. They're all in this local area. And I know a lot of you live in this local area. So maybe rewind that and you might hear a, a place that you want to go. If you find a better spot or a better price in the same row, in the same section, Game Time will pay you back 110% on the difference. But you ain't going to find that. So go to Game Time, download the app, create an account, and get $20 off your first purchase. As we continue rolling on today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day every day. Make sure you're checking out Locked on Sports today, the first of its kind. A 24-7 podcast stream all day, every day. No one else has ever done it. So check out Locked on Sports today and subscribe. Now let's continue looking at these coaches. We looked at options for TSU if it isn't Fred McNair. We looked at that. We wanted to be Fred McNair. It would be most simple if it was Fred McNair. I have a feeling that people are going to really try to spin this Andre Johnson. It might end up being McNair versus Johnson. Who knows? That might be a topic next week, right? That might be a topic next week. But let's look at some other coaches. Let's look at the Legacy Bowl, something that isn't any sort of controversy, but it does have a unique twist. There's something different about this year's set of coaches that wasn't there in 2022, and it wasn't there in 2023. Um, this is completely accidental, but that twist comes from Chenis Barry's involvement and then also Willie Simmons' involvement. Um, just so we have them on the record, Coach Barry and Coach Simmons are representing Team Robinson, and then you have Larry Scott and Alvin Parker. So, of course, you know, Barry is from Benedict College, Simmons is from FAMU, you have Scott from Howard, and you have Alvin Parker from Virginia Union. This is the second time for both Barry and Simmons that they've been a part of this bowl. This is the second time for each as a head coach. You had Willie Simmons, who was there in 2022, the inaugural Legacy Bowl. And that was when it was only him and Pew, him and Buddy Pew. There was just a SWAT coach and a MEAC coach. And they were going against each other, and they had their band of guys from the CIAA and the CAG, right? So you mixed them in together. You also had a uh, and and hampton and tennessee state who also mixed in like you had those things at that time but but then the next year they expanded it and so you know what? we're going to throw the swag in the siak and then we're going to throw the MIAC in the CIAA. that's where barry came in so now you have Chinnis barry who has back-to-back times you have willie simmons who was in the first one and now he's in the third one legacy bowls of course and those are your those are your only two two-time coaches in this event and funny enough both of them are the reason that there are some unique twist on here let's look at Barry first because this is this is kind of cool to me technically he represents the SIAC but he's not a SIAC coach anymore the way that this goes is you look at the champions from each conference and you bring in their head coach right this is the Benedict head coach from last season this past season but now he's South Carolina State. So now, in a way, the Miac and the SWAC are representing the coaching staff on Team Robinson. And then you have the Miac and the CIAA on Team Gaither. I don't know if anybody else finds that cool or interesting, but I do find that it's kind of a, a snicker moment, right? I'll laugh at it a little bit because it's a little funny. It's a little intriguing. It's a it's a coincidence. There is no SEAC representation in the coaching staff. He's not a SEAC coach anymore, even though I know why he was able to be here. He won the CAC back-to-back years. I'm kind of surprised that with this being named so late, they didn't just say, you know what? We're not going to take Berry. We're going to take whoever the follow-up was, right? Or we're just going to take another guy because that's what they did the past two years with the SWAC. And that's what kind of brings me to the other twist. This is the first time in Legacy Bowl history over the last three years that you're going to have the Celebration Bowl coaches going against each other. The last two seasons... You've had Deion Sanders in both years make the Celebration Bowl for the SWAC. In neither of those years did he come to the Legacy Bowl, right? Now, last year made sense because at that time he had already taken the Colorado gig. Like, it just didn't make sense for him to come and work the Celebration Bowl. That would be illogical, you know? It's kind of like what I'm saying about Barry. He's not representing Jackson State no more. He's representing Colorado. But in 2021, he didn't show up either. I don't know what that was about, whatever it was. He didn't show up. That's how Willie Simmons got there, right? So because one half of the Celebration Bowl was never there, we never had that Celebration Bowl rematch of sorts, right? Let me put air quotes around that. We never had that Celebration Bowl rematch of sorts. It was always the runner-up in the swag versus the MIAC champion on the other side, whether that was Buddy Pugh or that was Trey Oliver. So now this year, Willie Simmons from FAMU is going to be representing his SWAC schools, right? And then you're also going to have Larry Scott, who's representing his MEAC schools. To me, that's an interesting twist. It's just a funny little change-up, and a lot of it, which is all of the, the twists, kind of come from the second-year coaches. Barry's back-to-back. Willie Simmons skipped a year, but for both of them, this is their second time coaching in the HBCU Legacy Bowl, and they have a little bit of a... An impact on on kind of a uh, breaking a trend or yeah breaking a trend that's the best way to put it so they have both broken a trend That's said that bad they have both broken a trend and i find it a little bit funny so i wanted to highlight that but now as we move forward this is another one of our feature moments of speak or that was probably more so our feature friday but this is another feature this isn't a person but this is an issue that people are looking at the celebration bowl almost a week from today the numbers have come out for views. How much do you need to worry about that? Because it's actually the lowest in Celebration Bowl history. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. And FanDuel is the official sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network. Now, if you watch Thursday Night Football, I don't know what the spread was, but I know the Saints didn't cover Right, and I predicted the Saints to lose. I write for Saints Wire, so check it out on locked on or excuse me on USA Today. Uh, but that's okay because you got the Bengals versus Steelers tomorrow, you got the Chargers versus the who the Chargers playing, they're playing somebody, but I didn't care. Oh, the Bills, I think. So, one game should be good, the other game probably won't be that good, but. You can still make some money off it either way. It doesn't have to be a quality game for you to make a little bit of money. All you have to do is go to fanduel.com slash locked on. Pick the over under, whether it's player totals, whether it's team totals, whether it's uh, combined score. All of those things are available. All you have to do is go to fanduel.com slash locked on. And if you are new to FanDuel, if you win a $5 Moneyline bet, you get $150 back in bonus bets. So FanDuel make every moment more. As we're wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day every day, making it all the way to segment three, and I thank you two times for that. Let's look at these Celebration Bowl numbers, and do you think that there should be a, a little bit of concern? My answer to that real quick fast is no. I don't believe that you should be concerned. However, I do believe you should be alert. I'm going to say you shouldn't be concerned because it still stacks up well amongst its peers. But I'll get into why you should be alert at the end of the episode. Maybe I shouldn't do the whole bad news uh, following good news, but that's how we're going to rock today. Um, 1.5, we We'll make sure I get these numbers right. I'm not going to lie to you because this did surprise me. 1.5 million viewers for FAMU versus Howard in the 2023 Celebration Bowl. It felt low, mostly because I heard the conversation around it. Like 1.5 million would never sound low to me. But when I'm hearing it, I'm hearing the other numbers around it, I'm like, oh, this isn't that high. And I knew it would be a conversation. I don't this was either going to be an all-time high and get a conversation or it was going to be low. And I just felt like 1.5 was not the all-time high. So I kind of knew there was going to be a negative connotation around it. And I read around shout out to Randall Barnes from Sirius XM. I want to make sure that I give him his credit. I'm going to read some, a part of what he said, not read a part, but uh, kind of regurgitate a point that he made. I don't know if I'll give him credit at that point because I'll be forgetting when I'm in the zone, but let me say it right now. But basically it was about the competition. Whenever I mention competition, if I don't say his name, Know that that was his point. I want to make sure I give credit to him Kid he does really great work with Sirius XM and HBCU posts and clutch points is where he writes at. Um, but I'll say this even though I was surprised because I thought that Howard and FAMU, for as big as their fan base is, as big as their brand is, I thought it was going to be you know a, a relatively larger celebration bowl turnout on the TVs. I knew it was going to be a dip. We all should have known it was going to be a dip. If you didn't think that from the last two years there was going to be a slight drop i think that you were hopeful you're probably very hopeful but realistically the amount of casual viewers that tuned into the celebration bowl the last two years for Deion sanders they weren't going to be there but he's a polarizing figure Before he was ever a coach, he was a polarizing figure. Before he was ever ever in the media, he was a polarizing figure. I'm kind of shocked. I think I've named him. I've named him in every three segments, all three of our segments. Hold on. I don't really speak about him for real because it's not really applicable. But here it has been. Um, But he's a polarizing figure without the headset on. He's a polarizing figure without the earpiece on. Right? Like, this is Deion Sanders we're talking about. A lot of people wanted to tune in to see if he was going to win or lose. It's not all good when you're polarized and everybody don't love you and everybody doesn't love Deion Sanders. And I'm not going to get into it. Cause I know that's going to sound the wrong way. So I'll leave it at what it is. But overall it's important to say people were tuning in to see what was going to happen with prime and That wasn't here this time, so I knew there was gonna be a drop. I just didn't think it was gonna be this much of a drop. Now you look at his peers, and that's what it really is like okay, whatever. It's third amongst all action that day, right? Collegiate sports. You're looking at the FCS playoffs. If you want to spin the narrative that the celebration bowl is better than the H uh, the celebration bowl is better than the FCS playoffs, that's fine. I'm I really have no dog in the race, uh, not anymore, at least. If you want to use that argument, this is a good one for it. Those who want to push that narrative is good. You're getting more exposure here. More people are actually seeing you. So that goes because it actually outdrew both of the FCS playoff games. It was stacking up stacking up next to some FBS bowl games. They were only third. They were third to two other bowl games. So this is solid, right? This is solid when you're looking at that. I'm not mad at that at all. But where I come in and say, OK, you need to be alert is that this is this is the lowest ever. This isn't a situation where so, yeah, if it ain't prime, it shut up. This ain't that. This is a situation where before prime, it was better than this. Before any of these last two years, it was better than where it is right now, viewership-wise. Now, this is the point that I thought that Randall Barnes made that was really good. They were going against they were going against football, professional football. Excuse me. They're going against the NFL. I said it before, man. Football is king, bro. And the NFL is the king of all kings. They're they're going to what's going on today, man? I feel like my I feel like my accent is trying to jump out lately on the show there. Like, what am I doing? I sound like I got a real country twang there. And I don't feel like I normally sound like that. I don't think I normally sound like I have a country twang. Neither here nor there, though. The point is that they have been better. I think that the largest or the most viewed HBCU celebration bowl was A&T versus Grambling, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Anytime you're at an all time low. Even though you're going against the NFL, and I get it, anytime you're on an the all-time low, you have to be aware of what's going to happen the following year. Because if you drop again, or if you're slightly raised, but you're now second all-time, right? so let's say 2024 is the lowest, or 2023 is the lowest, 2024 is the second lowest, you might need to change some things up. Anytime you reach an all-time low, I don't care what the context is. You need to watch the next version of that event, whether it's weekly, whether it's monthly, whether it's annually. And now we're at a place where you've reached the bottom. None of the other seven celebration bowls were viewed less than this. So you tell me next year, how is it going to be? That's what we're looking at. Um, I don't know if we're going to be here Monday. y'all. Enjoy your, your Christmas if we don't. If you don't celebrate Christmas, enjoy your 25th um i may try to come with an episode and then miss tuesday that might be what happened i don't know but it's probably i don't know but either monday or tuesday will be off y'all so i just want you to be aware but i appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day every day. It day doesn't matter when we are i could come on monday and tuesday and y'all still gonna show me love so thank you for that and in the meantime in between time when we come back hopefully we have some news about You uh that's all i can really think about oh jackson state mentioned how they recruited differently this year we'll look at that as well so just some things to look forward to in next year next week before we get into the new year but in the meantime in between time until next time we hear each other family take care stay blessed peace